0: Hey, everybody, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Um, thanks to everybody who listened to the last episode. I always look forward to seeing the numbers on episodes, because it um, gives me a nice boost to confidence, if I'm honest. Um, and if you haven't heard the last episode, it was on Godzilla SP or Singular Point, Point. Even if you're not a big Godzilla head, I would encourage you to go listen to it because that show is really good. That show is way better than it had any right to be considering Netflix's track record with anime about Godzilla. Um, mo- it's mostly better because they got a studio other than the beautiful disaster that is Polygon Pictures to make it because, you know, Polygon Pictures... But on that note, I wanted to talk about something that struck me today when I finally went back to the movies, and that is that I went back to the movies for the same reason everybody went back to the movies. I went back to the movies not just because I missed it, but because Fat and the Furious 9 was out. And Fat and the Furious 9, if you you haven't been following the discourse, has been labeled with saving the movies so to speak because it's but fast and furious but fast and furious as a franchise deals with something different too because there are tons of movie reviewers right now who love these movies to death and sure enough um on friday since i had the day off from work um I sat down and I watched the First and Fast and Furious movie, which if you haven't watched the First and Fast and Furious movie or haven't seen Fast and Furious at all, um, or haven't seen F- First Fast and Furious movie for a long time, I encourage you, go watch it. It's a way weirder thing than you think it is. By a country mile. I, actually, I ended up watching all the way up to three, um, because Too Fast, Too Furious... Is just that's just a fun movie title to say too fast, too furious. But also, Tokyo Drift is Tokyo Drift, which I am still a giant nerd. If you haven't noticed, I talk about anime on the internet twice a week, and that thing is basically a glorified trip to Tokyo circa 2006, and it's it's fun just for that, but also it's Fast and Furious, so that makes it more fun. With, with with the side of Bow Wow, who strangely I could do without from that movie, but he's also part of it. So hey, there he is. Um, that said, it got me thinking that the reason that Fast and Furious is so is such a Box office winner is because it's a franchise and because it's a twenty-year-long running franchise. And if you go through the anime world, if you go through the like live-action film world right now, what you're finding is, especially with the with the advent of the Marvel universe, the huge movies aren't like. They aren't things that didn't exist before. They they tend to be the things that have existed for a long time, and stuff that competes with that, even on a small screen, oftentimes struggles because it doesn't have this like built-up fan base. You know, people, and Marvel has proven this by making the weirdest stuff as its first choices. So. I'm a huge fan of Iron Man, but Iron Man was not a super popular thing back when the first Iron Man came out. That, that movie made, that, made Iron Man into it, its own insane thing. I loved Iron Man because I was a disabled kid with robot parts. I was like, ooh, this billionaire has robot parts and he fights crime. And I've always loved Iron Man for that reason. Ever seriously, ever since I was like, freaking eight or nine. And so, th- they ch- by like really going hard on the first Iron Man, they gave themselves the space to start doing the Marvel Universe, and ultimately that kind of culminate culminate in what I see is like, the weirdest pick of the, first, of the first round of Marvel movies, which is Ant-Man. Ant-Man is, like... And some people listening to this probably remember, remember this, but I remember people being like, Ant-Man? And I didn't know who Ant-Man was, really. Like, I had heard of him, but I was like... Even I was like, wait, I've heard of him, but, like, Ant... Really? We're gonna... That's going to be your next big thing, Disney? You're going to make an Ant-Man movie? I mean, okay? Uh, But they were able to do it because of the strength of the quote-unquote franchise, and that buys them a lot of goodwill and wiggle room, because there'll be people who see it just because they have to see it, so to speak. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, because what... That means is you create a franchise where your most profitable, your most profitable movies, your most profitable things will always be from this franchise. If you look at, um, if you look at Disney Plus, it's very clear they went after franchises. That's why The Simpsons is now on Disney Plus. That's why um, they bought. That's why they just bought fucking Star Wars. Um, that's why they bought Marvel. Also, why they bought National Geographic. A problem of the kind of monopolistic or like quadopolistic, say, um, media format right now is that you have four or five. You have you have four or five media companies who can just afford to buy. Whatever, so they don't need to sit there and come up with their own thing necessarily. Don't get me wrong, they do, but the by and large, by the majority, by and large, the majority of people signing up for something like Disney Plus are not signing up for necessarily the new thing that Disney is doing. And if they are, it's like they're signing up for Loki, which Loki is excellent. <laughs> or they're signing up for um, Black Widow, or they're signing up for um, WandaVision. And if you noticed what I just did there, that's all new stuff that's been, that is spin-off stuff from an existing franchise. And what that all got me thinking about is one of the really unique things about the medium of anime is because it is so it is so based in the art of it, and it has kept itself so based in the art of it even now that um, it it allows it more leeway. So, Ma- Studio MAPPA just had an event, and everybody was like foaming at the mouth about fucking Chainsaw Man. And it, I get that. I've read Chainsaw Man. It's good. It was... Uh, I will probably watch the anime easier than I, wa- than I read the manga because I have a tendency to like to not be overwhelmingly sad as someone who has a real fucked up life because there are moments when I am overwhelmingly sad because I have a real fucked up life. In lots of the same way, Denji has a real fucked up life. Denji and all the devils are basically disabled people. S- surprise, surprise. Of course I see that in that. But it's definitely fucking there. Um, and what... what map, But what MAPA used that opportunity to do is it showed off a bunch of different shows. It showed off more Attack on Titan. It showed off Chainsaw Man. But they also showed a movie. An original movie, and everybody was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, Chainsaw Man. Yeah, Attack on Titan. We get it, but holy shit, look at this goddamn movie!" And it's not—it's not a thing that people had seen before, and they are people right out there talking about it next to Chainsaw Man, next to Attack on Titan, and all this other stuff. If I had to guess, I would say that this is more true of animation in general. But there's a there's a, tol- there's a higher tolerance and more and higher willingness in the popular culture of anime. I'm not talking about like niche shit. I'm not talking about like you know, stalking girls talking to you in sweet whispers and, like, absolute fucking itchy nightmare shit. I'm talking about like, the the big things people will go watch are things that oftentimes, sight unseen, they're just like, I, I don't know. Um, So I follow I forget his name on TikTok, but um, trust me, he doesn't need a shout out. He's also got a YouTube video. I follow this guy and he did a he'd like did a watch of the Chainsaw Man anime trailer. He had never read it, he had never seen it. Um I've read it because Hi Slate if you're listening with um I don't think Slate would let me slate debigs for over on um who's um anime Who's um, anime MCS on, um YouTube and, um MCS anime on, um his podcast, but with his brother Zane, I don't think they would have let me get away with friggin' not reading that thing because he, (laughs) it's like could could come to New Jersey and tape me to the floor and just like read me fucking Kingdom, he probably would, but, (laughs) um chainsaw man was another thing like he he walked he's a real like punk rocker type guy and he walked away from and he came away from reading chainsaw man like oh man you gotta read this this thing is wild and i had already started to read it i didn't continue reading it because i have like i said i don't like being that sad and i i value my emotional stability more than i value my like ooh, good story and also, I, I can't tell if that story is good or entertaining. Does that make any sense? And they can be the same thing, but they aren't always. And lots of times you watch bad but entertaining stories, and that's fine. That makes them good to you. But they're not necessarily good. Um, But what I was stunned with was that he... That this um, guy on TikTok was just, like, immediately in. Like, as soon as that wolf explodes through that building, he was immediately... He's like, yep, we're watching this. This has got me. And that's... That is so different from what's happening in mainstream media, especially streaming and large-screen big blockbuster movies media right now. And while I think it's admirable that lots of the directors on Marvel movies are taking the frame of Marvel movies to mean like, oh, we can get, we can get a whole nation. We can get a whole world to jump behind a black futurist story like Black Panther, but we can't, Get, or we can, or we can get the entire world to jump behind this multicultural fa- found family who does basically karakong fu in the deep jungle, kind of horseshit. But with the exception of um, with notably, with a couple exceptions, there aren't a whole bunch of like absolute knocking out of the park, like non-bankable star things that come out. Um, it's it, it's wild to me that Pacific Rim ever got made. Honestly, because if you look at the first Pacific Rim, it does not have a whole lot of people who you would like, well, like the biggest stars in that are like the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia and the guy who plays the the black actor who plays the colonel, who both of whom, Charlie Day is the um, guy from Always Sunny, but I forget the uh, black actor who plays the colonel, but he's fairly well known. Everybody else in that is pretty, it's pretty unknown, and that didn't have the backing of, like, a Fast and Furious the way Tokyo Drift did. When Tokyo Drift came out, you know, the, one of the biggest actors in that was freaking Bow Wow. You know, um, Louis, um, I think his name was, like, Charlie Black. Something Black is the, main, is the main actor's name. And, like, I hadn't seen him in basically anything before then. And... If you think back all the way back to the live-action Ghost in the Shell movie, which I know lots of people try to um, block out of their brains because it's it's just, that movie's that movie's not necessarily terrible. It's just hot fucking nonsense, and it's wild um, because that movie, the clip show of the entire Ghost in the Shell se- um s- franchise, everybody got up in arms about um, the casting of Scarlett Johansson, but. The bottom line was, the studio there deduced correctly that they would get the maximum amount of people to show up if they put Scarlett Johansson in a skin-tight bodysuit on screen. And, And it didn't really even matter if she was the right actor for the job. Uh, it, or, or if she even truly looked like the character, it was just, we want to give our movie a fighting chance. And uh, let's be clear, whatever, like, the best part about that movie is the visual production materials. Like, it's the, it's the environment, design, and all that stuff. Everything else kind of needs to get thrown out of the window. Much like... Suicide Squad had to be totally just like fired from a cannon to a, into the sun, and they turned around and they were just like, James Gunn, please save this. Please save this, Please make this a proper franchise. Please, we know you know how to do it. We promise we won't make you use every popular song from the next 10 years, from the last 10 years in one scene. We promise. Uh, the if you haven't seen Suicide Squad the sound ed the music choices on that are nightmarish but um and impress like impressively bad jump custom music. It's wild. But the but even something like Suicide Squad was linked to the DC thing they were trying to do. And yes, they did it badly, but by all accounts, they look like they're about to do it very well with James Gunn's version of it. But, I just... Um, A Silent Voice was a huge release. Um, Your Name was was one of the biggest movies in the world for a time. And yes, the Demon Slayer movie is now like the top-grossing animated movie, has like outstripped your name and freaking spirit away and just rocketed to the top. But a lot of that is with a huge asterisk next to it because it's like one of the first movies after the pandemic. It's one of the first movies that has movie theaters around the world are starting to open up again, and it's. It's in the same way that Fast that Fast Nine is. It's a welcome back to the movies kind of thing. And you go look at, and even if you go look up the um, box office take for Fast Nine, it's it's for the probable cost of that movie, not that impressive. It's like sixty million, um, which is not that which is not necessarily that impressive in terms of like a huge movie. And what what strikes me about Demon Slayer being such a huge movie is that doesn't it doesn't feel like the norm? It, that feels like that this was an exception to the rule, and even that was so like I watched it on in my home theater here. It is so breathtakingly beautiful that. The art of that movie did a lot for people being like, "No, nah, man, I know you don't like Demon Slayer, but just go, go, go see this thing. Go, go see, go see UFO table wild out on a screen with a movie budget." <laughs> and that's really what I think saves, uh, saves anime as a medium from the like box office smash thing is because did I go see the Naruto, the last the movie in theater? Absolutely. But I also, but I more often than not, you know, especially when Kie was here, hi Kie, I would like call up Kie and be like, I'm going to see a I'm going to see a movie. Yes, it's an anime movie in the city. Do you want to come? And she was like, absolutely. I will always go to movies with you is generally her rule. And so, like, we saw, um, we saw your name in theaters. We saw, um, I saw Weathering With You by myself, I think. Um, we saw, um, we we saw, what's it called? Um, she, she also got mad at me when I went to go see, she got mad at me when I went to go see Princess Monoki by myself. I saw Princess Monoki in the theater because I needed to fulfill a life dream um, and it was in the theater. but um we saw uh, uh, we saw Yuasa's, we saw Yuasa's big movie um, what's it called we, we, call, we saw um, oh um, saw that drinking we saw that drinking Uwaasa movie in the theater. We saw all kinds of like original, Japanese animation movies that were nothing like that were not based on anything we'd seen up till that point, point. and yes, a huge amount of animation, including movies and whatever, are based on um, pre- are based on manga or light novels or video games or existing works, but there's also a way bigger space once again because it's so for the art of it, for unique, interesting original work. Um, And some of the biggest some of the biggest anime ever is just that. If you look at Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop was made for the screen first, from start to finish. That includes the Cowboy Bebop movie. That includes, you know, that that includes all Cowboy Bebop things. Yes, there was a three-volume Cowboy Bebop manga, but it's very clear that that's just more adventures of the of, you know, Spike and the gang, so to speak, printed on a page. It's not that's not the first thing. If you're looking like where do I start, you start with episode one of that fucking show. And it's like one of the most pop it's one of the most popular anime kinda ever. Which is, if you look at um and oftentimes the anime version of the thing, and this is true in any media, this is true of um Marvel as well. There are tons of people who watch the Marvel movies and they don't read the original source material. Um Which is, honestly, I'm not going to judge you as someone who has read entirely too much 1970s X-Men. Sometimes it's not fucking worth it. Just watch the X-Men movies, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll get racism bad out of the movies every time. You won't get, let's be racist towards Irish people, though. (laughs) By the way, if you want to listen to me talk more about that, you should go check out the now complete first season of the Uncanny Curved podcast that I do with me and with me, Lauren and Larry, who is taking a hiatus from the podcast. But um, the long and short of it is, is I like, I'm staring at my collection of um, anime at my, at my hard collection of anime, which I actually thank you. The right stuff sale just not insignificantly expanded, <laughs> but by and large, it's stuff that doesn't. It it's stuff that I have after seeing the anime gone and seen gone and found the source material, but it's not like I've got all you know, fifteen Marvel movies sitting here on a shelf. It's not like I've got all nine Fast and Furious movies sitting here on a shelf. It's like I've got, you know, Pilot Candidate, I've got FLCL, I've got Megalobox, I've got Millennium Actress, I've got, you know, the the closest thing you could probably um accuse me of having a collection of is Princess Mononoke DVD Princess Monoki because I've got the DVD and the Blu-ray because I'm psychotic. Um, and also the DVD is scratched and that will not do. Um, but it's just I it's really interesting to me. And yes, I realize there's things like the the shown in action genre, which is oftentimes the biggest genre in anime um and the biggest genre in mainstream anime that the shows are designed to go for you know years upon years but even that is very weird if you look at if you look at something like Naruto or um Dragon Ball Z those are pretty traditional shonen shows. Those don't change much from arc to arc. This is true also of something like Demon Slayer as well, because and that's one of the reasons why Demon Slayer is so popular, is because it's taking from the traditional Shonen battle, you know, arc style. But if you look at something like One Piece. One Piece's style changes arc to arc. It's, you know, they change island to island and it's designed that way. If you look at something like JoJo's, JoJo's is just what the immortal vampire Araki is interested in, plus fashion posing and Italian statue statues as humans. Like, that's just what that show is. And... They did a JoJo Part 4 um, anime, like, live-action film, which I actually watched on a plane ride a while back. Um, and that thing's okay. But it, it, that will at no point break through to everybody across the world. It will no, at no point be this wildly successful thing. Whereas... Something like that, like JoJo JoJo Part Four, is one of the more popular parts of JoJo's. And it, if I had to guess, while it, why it's true that anime specifically does a lot has original franchises that do a lot better, it would probably be two, two things. First thing is. There are so many franchises to anime. I mean, it, stuff. There are so many franchises that you haven't even heard of them all. You you could have heard of Ranma, but you could have never heard of and Koku or Rinne. You could have heard of, you know, um, Naruto, but you've probably never heard of Samurai Eight. Um, you could have heard of. Soul Eater, but you've never heard of you could have heard of, actually this is probably more true I, uh, you could have heard of actually no, reverse that you could have heard of Soul Eater, but you've never heard of, of Fire Force uh, you know, and those are all each, like never, could have, or ne- but never with all from the same authors so that could be And one of the things that, one of the things that anime fans are more primed to do correctly that, like, Marvel, that, like, traditional media people don't seem to get quite yet. One of the reasons why um, DC, why why, um, Disney spent all this money acquiring Marvel, acquiring the Star, basically Star Wars as a universe. Is because what they get, they get because they've been doing this for years and they've been treating all of their individual films not like IPs, but like brands that people come back to. They get that this stuff, that all this stuff, is a brand. When you watch a new anime, you are watching the first episode of a new of a new anime. You are being introduced to a new brand. You're not being introduced to a new IP. It's a new brand. was a thing that will be on T-shirts and you'll be able to buy character goods of, and you'll be able to, like, attend events specifically about. JoJo's is a perfect example of this. JoJo's is a brand, literally. And it's a brand that has, you know, co-promotion deals with, like, suit manufacturers, and, like, you know, they have a teacup made, with all the JoJo's, with all the JoJo's lead characters on it, and it, anime, especially anime um, fans, anime fans in general think like that because we're encouraged to think like that because that's how, uh, that's how you know an anime is super successful when like you, when they're like telling you to buy an alarm clock with Ronma's face on it, you're like, oh shit. Ron was, Ron was in the alarm clock game now, whereas everything, whereas stuff like Marvel, when they do that, it's not seen that way, necessarily, like, you can go buy an Iron Man t-shirt, but it, people don't think of it in the same way they think of, oh, I want to go to the Pokemon Cafe. And because anime is willing to, anime fans are more willing to go there. They're more willing to accept the idea of like, okay, I'm watching this, and this could be the next brand in my life. I could live for this thing. I, you know, I I could totally live. It's a. It's about to happen again, to um, at some extent. it has started to, to. <clears throat> um, Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid, that brand is coming back hard. But when Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid first premiered, it was not a thing. It was an anime original. It was. It had a manga, but the manga was not very well known. Or certainly not very well known in, in um comparison to how it blew up, I'm sure, with the anime trailer. And I just I I found this an interesting thing because it's something that you don't often see that probably the next at least for Americans, the next best attempt at this is um, pilot season on TV, which is always weirdly interesting. If you're not aware what pilot season is, pilot season is, or um, is, and used to be, um, used to be and is, rather, it's like the start of the TV season for whatever year. It's when every company like scrounges together all their best pilots and they premiere them to you And you see what does well, you see what doesn't do well. And then either the show is produced or not produced based on pilot ratings. And if you want a famous version of what pilot season can be, the first episode of Mad Men and the second episode of Mad Men have a year-long gap in between them. And people will, like... Wild for the first episode of Mad Men. The first episode of Mad Men is a great goddamn episode of TV. It's insanely strange, insanely experimental, and very good. Um, but the that doesn't happen oftentimes in that kind of thing can't happen in movies because movies take a long time and a lot of money to produce. So, because because animation is taken less seriously, it's given it's given more leeway to do things and to create things like say Akira or Princess Mononoke or any number of is a math or your name or a silent voice, a movie about redemption for somebody who, who a a movie that is basically like relationship, disabled people get to have relationships too, which is great. And it's, it's because animation is oftentimes taken less seriously than live action films and media that they give, they take a chance on more. Because, They let animation, don't get me wrong, animation is insanely expensive to produce, but it feels less like you are putting everything on the line when you are um, in animation than when you have to afford, you know, somebody you have to afford an entire cast and crew like everything for like 6 months in the middle of freaking the Mojave desert because you want to produce like the next Mad Max movie and i just uh, and that less a- less less animation take more risks and make more weird shit and that plus the fandom being more accepting of just like, just show me something awesome. I don't care if it's linked to anything I've seen before. Show me something awesome. And that's how you get like shows that people get super hype on, like uh, from a huge company like Netflix, who granted takes a lot of the um, risks in the content production industry, quote unquote. Um, Like, High Rise Assault, which isn't a great show, but it's fucking weird as shit. And I kind of appreciate it for that. I'm not necessarily going to put myself through it. I don't necessarily think it's going to be good. But I, I appreciate that they took a weird-ass swing. Um, And on that note, I've run a little long here. I've run about eight minutes over what I usually promise people. But I wanted to get this out so... If you like this episode, new episodes come out every Thursday and fr- every Third Day and Sunday. Third day are, Third Day is um a more review show. This this week I will tell you exactly what I'll be talking about. I'll be talking about Gundam Hathaway, which I hilariously call Gundam and Hathaway, because I will be on vacation when you are listening to that podcast on Thursday. Um but until then I've been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you on Thursday.